podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to today's According To episode. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. I know I did an episode of According To last week, but this is the last episode of the year, and I wanted to start the new year off with a series, so I thought I'd throw in another According To episode today. So what are we reading from today? We're back in the book Listening to America, an illustrated history of words and phrases from our lively and splendid past. According to the book, here's the history of American cheese. During the Revolutionary War, Americans missed the good imported English cheese they were used to, especially cheddar, named after the English village where it was first made. Thus, American cheese was a proud post-revolutionary name of 1804, showing that we could make our own cheddar-type cheese and be independent of British products. Such homemade cheese was made and stored in the cheese house, an American word heard on farms and homesteads since 1759. By the 1860s, our American cheddar was so common that it was also simply called store cheese or factory cheese. Then in the 1920s, we also began to call it rat trap cheese or rat cheese. Meanwhile, Bonnie Clabber, drained and pressed milk curd, was being made in several consistencies and for a variety of uses in America. Forms of it being called pot cheese by 1812, smearcase by 1829, from German schmierkäse, smearing cheese or spreading cheese. German Americans also mixed it with sour cream and served it with chopped onions. And cottage cheese by 1848. Although true Limburger is a Belgian product, originally from Limburg, Belgium, we have also made our native varieties. Our brick cheese was originally a type of Limburger, first made in 1877 by John Jossie in Wisconsin, and Liederkranz was first made in 1892 by Emile Frey in Monroe, New York. Emile Frey himself named his cheese Liederkranz in honor of the German-American men's choral societies called Liederkranz, German Garland of Songs, whose rehearsals and meetings often ended as social gatherings centered around beer, rye bread, and cheese. Because of the smell of certain varieties, cheese was used in a pejorative way to mean it smells by the late 18th century, with cheesy being used to mean worthless or bad by 1896. On the other hand, the cheese meant the exact thing needed or an excellent thing or person in England by 1818, with this use spreading to the U.S. by the 1830s. However, this good connotation of the cheese is not from our word cheese at all, but from the Persian or Udu shiz, thing, which led Englishmen in India to use the cheese for the thing. This use of the cheese gave us big cheese, meaning a boss or important person, around 1890, 
which then became a disparaging term for a bossy or disliked person in the mid-1920s. In the 1840s and 50s, most English and American schoolgirls knew that to make cheese meant to twirl around so that one's skirts and petticoats flared out, then to sit down quickly and prettily in the round cheese-like wheel of garments. American males liked the girls to make cheese because the twirling skirts might give them a glimpse of the female's ankles or legs. Thus, to make cheese also became a vulgar term for a girl willingly exposing her legs, or more to a boy or man, which is possible explanation of our 1940 World War II term, cheesecake, revealing photographs of girls in bathing suits or other scanty costumes showing much leg. Cheese it, meaning look out, someone is looking or listening, was a popular expression in the 1870s, when cheese it the cops also appeared. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for today's According To episode. I want to wish everyone a happy new year, and I'll see you in January. Until next time, toppers, thanks for hanging out with me. Toodaloo! Network. You can check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com.